0: Welcome back to Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Patillo. Thank you for joining me on this fine Tuesday, or whenever you're listening. Oh, what a week it was. Um, Got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, that drubbing last night, Baltimore Rams. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of, um, obviously, Dallas and New England, Green Bay, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Seattle, and so much happening in the NFL this week, Um, contenders going at it, and so we will start with this, Um, the Rams and the Chargers, um, they basically built themselves to move to the LA Stadium that's being built, and they have spent wildly, mostly the Rams, they, they were basically a, a year early on their target date to be relevant uh, moving into the stadium next year. And they were re- the Rams were reckless, um, and now they're paying the price on the field. And this is what's all fresh in our mind. We watched it last night. Monday Night Football. 100 million people watching. And they could only muster six points against a decent Ravens defense. It's it's decent. It's not incredible. And Lamar Jackson made Wade Phillips look like, I mean, the guy was, they couldn't, Tackle him, they couldn't stop him. He's running all over. He threw six touchdowns. It's just, it was embarrassing. And I know the Ravens are rolling. They look good. But you just can't You can't put up that kind of performance in front of the nation. And uh, the Rams are done. They're cooked. And it's going to be a while before they can really regain their They're, uh, before they can get good again, basically. And, you know, it's just what we always talk about. Everyone wants, it seems like everyone wants the get rich quick scheme. You know, everyone hears about the one guy who hits it big, you know, day trading the stock market and they forget about the other 99.9% of people who lose all their money trying the same thing. You know, you don't hear about those people. And nobody wants to really do the due diligence. Nobody wants to have the due diligence it takes to, you know, get rich slowly. And, you know, the Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, he, he's putting up, it said, around $6 billion for this new stadium in L.A., So, of course, he needs relevancy. He needs fans to sit in all those seats. The Rams, they're from St. Louis. I know they were in L.A. 40 years ago. Those days are over. This is a new generation. You don't have any fans in L.A., Rams. You don't. You might have a few thousand, whatever. You're building a $6 billion stadium. It's supposed to be the greatest structure in the world and you're not going to have any fans. It's going to be a pseudo home game. Pseudo home game for everyone who steps foot in there. I mean, the Seahawks 12s are going to pack it out in LA. You know, even you know, the Niners, they got way more fans down there. Even the Raiders, they have a better fan base than LA Rams have. And they they left St. Louis and you know, it kind of reminds me of when the the Sonics were stolen from Seattle and they went to Oklahoma city and they were, Oklahoma city was good for a couple of years and then it just fell apart. And it's kind of like, yeah, you steal a team from a city and that's kind of what you deserve. And that's what's happening with the Rams. And it's kind of fun to watch because we all knew it. Everyone. I mean, even the media, like everyone predicted this. We were all thinking, What kind of bank account are the Rams using? What kind of salary cap? How are they able to fit all these gigantic contracts? One after another in the news, it was coming. They signed this guy. They signed that guy. It's like, what? How are they able to afford this? Well, the answer is they're not. They're not able to afford it. And we all saw it coming. And it's just, it is coming down. Like, just as we predicted, it's coming crashing down and and it's kind of fun to watch and they they are trying to bring in stars and basically their owner tried to buy a good team and it just doesn't work that way we know that history has shown that time and time again and he tried to be the day trader who bought that pharmaceutical stock who he thought it was just going to catapult him to to rich you know and you know I don't know that much about their owner but most of these billionaires they were born into money they never really had they had just enormous advantages they really never had to start from the ground up on anything they've had you know private school money in the bank trust fund kids it's it's about like what you overcome in life what can you go from the dirt To becoming a billionaire. That's what's impressive. Really. I don't know much about their owner. But I'm guessing he probably hasn't really had to. Be that innovative. Or come up with that much. To earn his success. He was probably born into it. More than likely. I could be wrong about that. But you know. You can't just buy winning. And you don't understand football. And you need to hire the right people. Do your due diligence and grow your team the right way. And it might not be quick. Like in one year, you go from the St. Louis Rams, who are kind of a joke, to the L.A. glitz and glamour, wannabe Lakers Rams. You know, they want all the attention in L.A. to fill those seats. And it was their hubris. They got fooled and... It's just a a beautiful illustration of how not to do it in the NFL, in football. I mean, you thought you could bring in all these names. They brought in Brandon Cooks. And do you know who Brandon Cooks is? I mean, a lot of people don't. He's a speed guy. He's a receiver. They paid top dollar for him after he was traded by the Saints, who are a great team, a well-run team. He was traded by the Patriots, who are the best well-run team of all time. He was traded from those two teams, and you just acquired him and gave him the world. They didn't want him, but you wanted him because he was a name. You brought in Akib Tlaib, and everyone was going, oh, they're going to have the best defensive backfield in the league. Unbelievable. Well, he was kind of old and broken down, and he broke down, and he's old, and now he's done. We predicted that. You brought in Marcus Peters. He's kind of a troubled guy. And man, you you trade him away to the Ravens and he just freaking punked you guys with revenge last night. He picked picked off Goff and he was just he was lit, you know, and and he's going to maybe go to the Super Bowl now. So, applause on that one. You brought in Eric Weddle. He's a name. He's kind of demonstrative. He He's running around out there. He was a former Raven, too. It's just all coming full circle. He he was trying to tackle Mark Ingram last night. It was the most pathetic thing I've seen. He just bounced off him, and he just... Oh, man. Did, didn't, <laughs> no effort. And I would have pulled him out of the game. I'm like, dude, you need to go work selling insurance or something. It's over. He's old... Get him out of there. Clay Matthews, another name, another guy you thought would be a star. You're just reaching. He's old, a little washed up. You paid a broken down running back because he's a name. Todd Gurley, he's a star. He's got nothing left. You paid a below average quarterback because he went to the Super Bowl last year and put up three points. He must be a star. Jerry Goff. And all the while, you neglected your offensive line. You didn't put the money towards those guys. Two of them left. And, and now your offensive line is abysmal all of a sudden. And your quarterback can't move. And he's getting hit. And he can't play. He can't play now. And, you know oh, we can get rid of linemen because no one knows who they are. They aren't big names. No one, they're not going to bring fans into the stands. Well, that's actually where you're wrong because if you have a great offensive line, yeah, they might not know the names of those guys who are doing the dirty work, but they equal winning, and winning equals fans, not stars. People don't care about the stars. That's an illusion in the NFL. They care about winning And even Aaron Donald, who's probably the one guy who is maybe worth it, maybe worth that contract, because he's probably the best defensive player since Lawrence Taylor. But even him, he had one tackle last night. And, you know, with that contract, you need to be damn dominant constantly for that price tag. One tackle a Monday night football in a game you had to win. They're done. Their season's over. They're not coming back from this. You had one tackle. You showed no fight. Their whole team showed no fight. 45 to 6. That's almost that's more They only put up 3 points in the Super Bowl last year, the biggest game of their lives. And now fighting in this season, it's over. And you know when you bring in these big name guys, you think are great. I mean, it's it's being sort of lazy. You you don't you want to take the shortcut. You want to take the get rich quick, and you, you've got to be consistently, constantly evaluating players around the league and in college, everything on the streets, finding cheap diamonds in the rough, developing the youth, the young guys constantly reinventing your team constantly whether you got to bring in a new quarterback every 4 years if you don't have the guy but at least he's going to be cheap you do whatever you got to do pay the offensive line we always say that obviously you never let offensive linemen go that was their first mistake they let their center and they left their guard they let him go and uh and you know there's no... You know, maybe you find your guy who's indispensable, who fits your scheme perfectly. You can pay those guys. Keep them. If it, You know, if it's one, two, three guys, maybe. But they better be perfect fits, and there better be no question to how good they are. Goff, huge question marks. Gurley, huge question marks. You know, Marcus Peters, the leap, huge question marks. Don't Don't spend your money there. And very... Very importantly, there is no finish line. You're never done. You're never done improving. And the Rams, they might make some more desperate moves. They brought in Jalen Ramsey. You know. You gotta keep you gotta get these guys young and hungry. You know, very few of these players keep up their level of play after they've been paid. That's just the fact. You can look at it across the board. I mean, the NFL is absolutely brutal. And, you know, you can't really blame them. I mean, it's, it's like a boxer who is getting punched in the face for a living. Once he makes $50 million, he doesn't really feel like getting punched in the face anymore. That's just human nature. And it's the same in the NFL. Guys are getting hit and they're getting crushed across the middle the linemen are hitting on every play. Everyone's colliding. Eric Weddle sees Mark Ingram coming at him full speed, and he makes a business decision. He's like, "I'm just going to bounce off him and make it look like I tried to tackle him." You know why? Cuz he's highly paid. He's already made his money. But you get a guy out there at safety who is making a maybe a million a year and he's young and he wants that big contract. And he is going to sacrifice his body to tackle that guy. That's what you want. You want young and hungry. And there are some players, and it's very few, I'd say say 10% of the league after they get paid are still true competitors. You know, 10%. So 90% of these guys, once they get paid, even if it's just a little bit, They let off the gas a little bit. They're not as incentivized. You know, guys like Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, you know, these guys, they're going to be hungry no matter what to win. The winning, they care about the money, don't get me wrong, but the winning outweighs the money for them. You could tell the way they tackle, the way they sacrifice their body, how in shape they are, they stay hungry because they want to be great. And that's pretty rare in this league. And I'll tell you what, the guys that the Rams brought in, they they didn't care about that. Because you can see, they lost 45-6. to six. They quit. You know, undistracted. You get these young guys, they're undistracted by stardom. These guys start doing commercials, they... They're in the, the glitz and glamour. They're not as focused on football, and just that little bit will will is the difference. Basically, just the, even dropping off slightly, Aaron Donald. Even if you drop off slightly, I mean, you, you got to continue to be worth your money, and they've got a whole roster that they're paying a ton of money for, and they're six and five, and they're probably going to be eight and eight. That's not good. Not good at all. And by the way, you have no first-round picks for the next three drafts. You traded them all away. Good luck to the Rams. We all This was so predictable, and now it's happened. And that's why I wanted to start a podcast, so we could talk about it. And I wish I would have started one a couple years ago when they were making all these moves. Because then it would have been even more savory, because I wouldn't just be saying that we all predicted it would have been actually on on record. But now it's all coming together. We started the podcast, and we can make our predictions and watch them unfold. And another one of those, you look at the Dallas-New England game, very telling. You know, Tom Brady versus Dak. Everyone's wondering about Dak, including his own team, Jerry Jones. He's watching him. Is he worth the money? I don't know if he can carry us or not. And he's about to be a free agent after this year. You know, t- and Tom Brady, they, they played similar games. It was a low-scoring game. Tom Brady made a few more plays than Dak. He found a way to win with very little talent around him, by the way. Tom's got a great defense behind him, that's for sure. But offensively, Tom doesn't have much. Dak has a lot. He's got a great running back, great receiver, the best offensive line in the league, clean pocket every play, and he can't score a touchdown. He scores nine points. And I know it's in New England, but man, that's that's what the question is. Can you carry a team? The answer is no, because you can't carry that team you have right now. How are you going to carry them when you're making $40 million a year and you can't have those linemen? And you can't have that receiver. And your defense is a little more lackluster. You can't carry him. Dallas, you know, there, there's a there's an old saying, you are what your record says you are. And it just, over the course of a season, it comes out to be absolutely true every time. You know, when you're 8-8, eight and eight, it doesn't matter if you've won games by one point or by 20 points. You when you're eight and eight, you're average. When you're four and twelve, you're terrible. When you're twelve and four, you're great. You know, anywhere in between there. Dak is six and five, and he'll probably end up eight and eight. And eight and eight is average. I I really I, I like Dak. I think he's got great intangibles, which are like the leadership. He's great in the locker room. He's great in front of a camera. He's great when the press conference says the right things. He's a leader. You can win with Dak. You really can't, but you need those pieces around him. That's why we can't pay top dollar for Dak. And you know, it's it's really obvious who the the new the no-brainers are at quarterback. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Those guys. It's so obvious they can carry a team. And if, like I said, if, it's a, if it wasn't a question, we wouldn't be questioning it. You would be paid already, Dak, because you're going to be a free agent after this year. And I would offer him a mid-market deal. Because by the way, you know who makes a mid-market deal? Tom Brady gets paid mid-market. And obviously Tom Brady could ask for more. But he never has. He would rather that money be dispersed to helping him. That's why he has probably the best defense in the league. They're able to pay certain guys. He has the best corner in the league, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. You know, He has a great linebacker, Dante Hightower. He has great safeties. He's got a defense behind him because he allowed that money to be spent other places. Dak, don't ask for top market. You will not succeed with that top dollar payday. You might like those extra ten million dollars, but trust me, you'll be fine with twenty five million. You'll be fine. And you probably will win because that money can go elsewhere. You can't take all of it. You're not one of those guys I mentioned. You're not. We know that now. You can win with Dak as long as you've got those pieces around. And you know, I'm hearing a lot about Jason Garrett. And how Jerry Jones is finally acknowledging that Jason Garrett is a problem. It might be coaching. And this is what I always say about Dallas. We knew Jason Garrett wasn't a good coach seven years ago. We knew that was a problem. They've never been innovative. They've never, they've never been good situationally. Their special team they always are making the mistakes to lose Dallas's. We've known Jason Garrett is not a good coach, but Jerry's got this like friendship thing that he's loyal to him for, and that's that's great, but that's not business. That's not how you conduct business. Jerry Jones is probably another silver spoon guy, just like Stan Kroenke, these billionaires, born into riches, I guarantee you, and they don't understand how to build things from the ground up they're building things already at the skyscraper. But these guys you you've got to build the foundation and when you are being keeping a guy around who's subpar because you're friend your family friend with him, which he is with Jason Garrett. He should have let him go a long time ago. They've had such a talented roster for so long. And these decisions and Dallas, these mistakes they always make in these games, coaching. And Jerry's just now acknowledging it. You can't be that late. You can't be that late on your decisions. The earlier you are making these decisions, the better. New England, they make these decisions early. They get rid of guys right at their peak. You know, it's like it's the same with the stock market. You sell these stocks at their peak, you wait for them to come back down. You buy for value. You make your decisions at the right timing. And Dallas seems to always be late on these guys. He kept Des Bryant around way too long. The guy fell off a cliff and he stayed loyal to him. You just can't do that. You you gotta you gotta make decisions, you gotta stay ahead of the curve in this league. And Dallas just has far too good of a team to be five hundred. And thankfully, like Jerry Jones is finally maybe acknowledging that he needs a new coach. So Jason Garrett probably isn't long as the Dallas coach, which will be good for the Cowboys. Finally, Um, moving on to the Niners Packers game Sunday night. It was flexed in, changed the schedule, took the Seahawks Philadelphia out, which was a great game. And they put in San Francisco at Green Bay, which I can't blame them. It looked on paper. It looked like it was going to be a great game. And it was over from the first minute. Green Bay was absolutely pathetic. Couldn't block anybody. And let me give the credit to the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo, he had his first big win on Sunday night. Six seasons in, drafted in 2014, and he finally did it. He beat a good playoff team in a big situation. And congratulations, you know, to Jimmy G. He's taken that first step. And I know it took six years, but he beat a good team. That's awesome. And, you know, the Niners as a whole, they really took a huge step towards legitimacy in my book. And... You know, they were at number eight on my rankings, and I didn't didn't really move them. I still thought, you know, even after they played Seattle, I thought, number eight, you know, they're getting pushed by the Cardinals. Um, So I thought number eight was fine for the Niners, you know. Um, And I'll, I'll move them up. I'll probably move them up a little bit because of their defense. You know, their defense made Aaron Rodgers look like he didn't belong in the NFL, honestly. And, you know, that was some of the worst quarterbacking I've seen in a long time. Uh, by anybody, um, save for maybe Carson Wentz against the Seahawks. We'll get to that. Um, you know, that that's what a good defense can do to you. You know, I I, I just <laughs> can't understand how, you know, the last three weeks, Kyler Murray, a rookie, and Russell Wilson, uh, they moved the ball just fine against the Niners' defense. They They did. I mean, there's people out there who think Aaron Rodgers is better than Russell Wilson, let alone Kyler Murray. And, I mean, you know, the first time Kyler Murray played the Niners three weeks ago, he had 241 passing yards uh, and two touchdowns and 34 rushing yards. You know, he moved the ball fine. They lost on a last-second field goal to the Niners. Russell Wilson, obviously, the next week came out and made, made great plays, and they won. You know, they beat the Niners. Kyler Murray. Following week, last week, you know he had 150 passing yards, two touchdowns, 67 rushing yards, and and another touchdown, and that was with a terrible team around him, and probably the worst defense in the league, and they only lost on on a last second touchdown. So the Cardinals pushed the Niners to at least a competitive, great game to watch. And you know what Aaron Rodgers did in front of another, again, 100 million people watching? He threw for 100 yards and lost by 30. I mean, it was pathetic. And once again, just like the Rams, no fight by the Packers. I mean, they look so soft. And, you know, that's that's going to be the theme of the Packers season pretty much. They're You know, they're going to win some games because, you know, They've got an easy schedule coming up. It's going to come down to the Packers and and Vikings, but you know the Vikings have a few tougher games than the Packers. So Packers have won the division. They'll go into the playoffs. If it's played in Lambeau, they might win a game, but the Packers are soft. They're going to get pushed around by the NFC. And once again, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's kind of just not getting it done. You know, uh, they missed the playoffs the last two years. And now, you know, they got a good record. Cause there's a dispar a disparity in the league from the top half to the bottom. These top half teams play the bottom. It's almost guaranteed wins. And they but when they play each other in the top half, you can really see the difference. I mean, you lost by 30 to the Niners. Like that's come on, man. You gotta step up. And you know, I spend these I spend hours of my life watching these games and when I see a performance like that, I just feel like I wasted my time. It's a bad feeling. And, uh, you know, with the Niners, um, you know, like I said, I'd move, I'd move them up a little bit in my rankings. They're 10-1, and one, and your record is what, what it says you are. But we're going to judge that at the end of the season, too, because the Niners, they're going go to go to Baltimore next week. I don't know if you watched the Ravens last night, but they look pretty good. So these two teams, the Niners and the Ravens, who just beat the tar out of their opponents, who were thought to be quality opponents, are going to play each other. And my guess is Lamar Jackson's going to push the Niners around a bit. So we'll see how that goes. And then after that, the Niners will go to the Saints. I'm guessing the Niners are going to lose a couple games in a row here. So, it's going to be a tough road for them. Um, I want to talk about the Seahawks and Eagles. Russell Wilson, you just talk about finding ways to win. Um, Russell didn't have his... He, he had one of his worst games, I think. I mean, he, he was uh, missing throws and you know just uh he got picked off and their offense just seemed a little out of sorts but they were able to run the ball Rashad Penny had a great game and that's what i'm talking about with these teams who have many different ways to win and now the Seahawks defense is starting to come alive they're starting to step up the last two games the defense has only allowed two touchdowns one to the eagles and the in garbage time basically And one to the Niners. Niners were able to score one touchdown on offense. They've given up some uh, touchdowns on turnovers and stuff. But the Seahawks defense is really starting to to come alive. And that's what we see from Pete Carroll defense every year. They get better and better. And the Seahawks are probably going to be the toughest team, I think, to beat coming down the road here, especially if their defense keeps trending that way. Because we know the offense with Russell Wilson – can do anything their defense even if they just get a little better is going to be really a tough out and the game coming up Seahawks Vikings is going to be a great test to see where those two teams really are Carson Wentz he looked awful I think he had like four fumbles and an interception he was missing throws he there was a lot of wind in the game but I mean he he just looks off and the, the Seahawks, even without Jadavion Clowney, were able to generate pass rush. And th- that's coming alive, too. And uh, that was a really good game, and I wish it would have still been prime time because I wasted my time on that San Francisco-Green Bay game. Um, You know, the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. um, You know, don't count out the Eagles yet because... They're about to reel off some wins against a lot of bad teams. And Dallas is probably going to choke against some slightly better teams than the Eagles have to play. So it's going to come down to their matchup when they play each other. Uh, second to the last week of the year, Dallas-Eagles for their division. And I still think Dallas will probably win the division. I think they're, they'll they beat the Eagles, unless the Eagles are able to somehow get a little healthier I think Dallas will take that game and win the division. And whoever makes the playoffs out of that division, Dallas or Eagles, they'll be the worst team in the NFC playoffs, and they'll probably be – they won't win a game. So they still get to make it because they win their division. And, you know, the NFC is pretty much set that way. Um, We got our playoff teams. Um the only variance would be those Eagles in Dallas, which one's going to win that division? But the rest of the teams are set, and you know we've got our uh, weekly picks um, for Week 12. I only got one of them right. Again, I was wrong. The Colts were able to, um, the Texans were able to beat the Colts. I got that one wrong. Uh, I had the Packers beating the Niners. I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to. Uh, play well. He did not, and I was way wrong on that game. I did get the Seahawks beating the Eagles. The Eagles were favored by one and a half. Somehow, Vegas was way off on that. Um, But the Seahawks beat the Eagles, and I am now five and sixteen for the year on my picks. And uh, hope to improve that. I'm not going to give up because I got four picks this week. think they could all happen i'm trying to get my first sweep or even be above 500 for a week it would be awesome um so for this week upsets this this week in football is just going to be incredible i mean you've got um you know you've got that ravens niners game that's going to be great you're going to have thanksgiving three games um on that thanksgiving i've got I've got the Bills coming in and beating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That's going to be interesting, and I I think it can happen. The Bills play good defense. They're a well-run team. They're kind of one of those get-rich-slowly teams that's built from the foundation. They actually know what they're doing. They're going to come in, and they're going to beat the Cowboys. That's my prediction. I, uh, I'll say that another game on that day, Thanksgiving Day, Lions beat the Bears. Bears are favored by three. I think the Lions can come in there and beat a bad offensive Bears team. And the Lions will be at home. I'll take the Steelers over the Browns. Browns are favored by two. Browns have won a couple games now. They're flying high and mighty. And the Steelers, I think they've got a vendetta against the Browns. They're going to come out and push them around. Steelers are at home. So I'll take the Steelers to beat the Browns in that upset. Uh, And then I'll take the Cardinals to beat the Rams. And the Rams will keep falling. And the Cardinals are at home. Kyler Murray's running around. The Rams obviously weren't good against mobile quarterbacks. I think the Cardinals are trending upward. And I think they can beat the Rams. So those are my four picks for this week. And you know we're going to have that Seahawks-Vikings game on Monday night. That's going to be a great showing, great display. Uh, I guarantee you, those teams will bring it, Un- unlike some of the teams that played in this week's primetime games. Those teams will bring it. And so that's going to be really fun. And just uh, been a quality football season. It's been so much fun. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. That's going to be our show for the week. And I hope you guys enjoy your week, enjoy the week of football. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone and I will see you next week and have a good one. Thank you.